Welcome. Welcome to Conversations with Nikkei. joining from hi represent your city or country well let's see <laughs> mm -hmm. okay i see you of course hannah <laughs> good evening good afternoon hello dallas hello lagos edinburgh bless you how cold is it there right now <laughs> sweden grateful to have sweden so yeah richmond texas lagos nigeria of course mm, lokoja that's in nigeria lokoja benry state god bless you glasgow how cold is it there right now mm. Good morning. Somebody say good morning. So where are you? Tell me where you're saying good morning from. New York, I can see you. Chicago. Oh, Titi and Cairo right now. Okay, Cairo, Egypt. That's right. New York City. Ottawa States, Nigeria. Abuja, Nigeria. Love you, the capital. Stop. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, sorry, it's Kogi State. Sorry, yes. Look at that. It's Kogi State. How can I say Benue State? Yay. Welcome, welcome. Tell your friends. I think we made it to Facebook today. Did we? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure, so I already said it's gonna be only Instagram today, but I think we're on Facebook, YouTube, and everywhere as usual. I see you, my peeps, on Facebook, Catherine. Hmm. Good, Nova Scotia, Canada. Welcome, how cold is it there right now? Yenagua, Bayesa State, Nigeria. Can you imagine, Yenagua? Thank you for all coming on at this time. We're going to have a great time. You know, I just felt strongly. Let's talk about marriages. I know this is the time of the year we're all talking about gratitude, praise, thanksgiving. And I'm so glad that last week we um, dealt with thanksgiving, thanking God for the songs, you know. So I thought, okay, we'll be Thanksgiving part two. Cork Republic of Ireland. Welcome, Los Angeles, LA, California, Pacific, West Coast of the US. Thank you. Delta, Sapele. Hey. 
Yes, so we sing of the goodness of God. You all know I love that song so much. Just <laughs> like no other. Only you as a father. I know you as a friend. And I walk in the goodness. Yes, Ikeja. Lagos. Yes, you can put Ikeja. Yes, Ikeja, Lagos. Kedja is the capital of Lagos. Bimpe, yep. Kathy Abago. Ah, you're on Facebook and you're here. Okay, that's fine. Calgary, Abata Calgary. Oh my God, you guys. Raymond from Silicon Valley. Yes, welcome. Port Harcourt of Nigeria. Toronto. Oh, Toronto, Toronto, <laughs> Canada. Love you all. Thank you. All right, let's go straight into what we have. Kent, United States. Welcome, Kent. Welcome, London. Can oh, you changed to Instagram. <laughs> so which one is more fun? I mean, we're all Ruth from Abelkuta. Love you too. Hey, Kitty. Hey, Kitty, Nigeria. Hmm, Ikiti State. Welcome. Lagos, Lagos, Lagos. Love you, love you too. So much love. Thank you. You said, I'm blessed through your message. You taught me how to serve God. Amen. Glory to God. Well, keep serving God. Hey, from Dunwoody here in Atlanta. Oh, I know you. Lola. Okay. The concierge lady. Michigan. Welcome. Ikorodu Lagos. I like that. Ikorodu. Yes. Wilfred from Lagos. Agege specifically. Love you. How many of you know Agege bread? That's where it's from. <laughs> oh, my sweetheart. Shem, I see you. All right. You see, we could greet all day and all night. Like just welcoming everyone, everyone, everyone. But we have to go into what we have. For today right and the facebook people i see you welcome welcome Ndo nigeria yaba lagos see you anybody on periscope mm -hmm. someone said the ancient city of ibado i love that yep i love ibado I grew up there <laughs> you're eating a cake bread right now <laughs> Oh, you guys are like five, like, oh God, that's why I like social media. I like your real people. Ah, I'm digging bread. Boy, I can't. How can you share? You can't. Oh my God. <laughs> Delight some concert from Abuja. Okay, let's go ahead. Hello, 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 hello. I'm going to switch the music off now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, today we're talking about what? talking about marriage so i called it young marriages young marriages it's um because i just had this very in recent times uh, maybe not so recent times there's been a lot of um i've been getting a lot of like hey oh my marriage is this and just that sensing also that a lot is going on um Especially with since this COVID times, the lockdown and everything, I guess there have been always been maybe issues and challenges. But in times like this, 
there seems to be more difficulty. There seems to be more, um, you know, uh, maybe issues coming to the surface because now we're all what in the same space almost 24 7. I know the lockdowns have been really, I mean, in Nigeria now, there's hardly any lockdown. All you have to do is go about social distancing with your mask. But I know earlier in the year, it was like really, really hard. Everybody had to be at home and all things that are coming out. Um, but let's talk about marriage a bit because I just want to help some people on here and those who might even watch even after this time. And um, God is going to help us all, <laughs> you know. I'm growing in my marriage as well. Um, <clears throat> I've had a young marriage. It's now an older marriage, right? So I said, let's talk about young marriages. But indeed, it's for everyone. So if your marriage is much older and you're still, you know, struggling or you have issues, you know, just welcome here. And, and of course, we'll be taking a lot of questions and contributions because I know some of us here right now have been married maybe 40 years, donkey years, and that you might have a lot of experience. But let's, let's, let's look at your marriages let's look at marriages matthew 19 verses 4 to 5 i'm going to read the scripture and then we'll just go from there and he answered and said unto them this is jesus speaking now have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they too shall be one flesh. Therefore, they're no more two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. The message transition says, have you not read in your Bible that the creator originally made man and woman for each other, male and female? And because of this, a man leaves his father and mother and firmly bonded to his wife becomes one flesh no longer two but one because god created this organic union of the two sexes no one should desecrate this art by cutting them apart wow no one should desecrate this art nobody should um try and pull them apart that means that there is trouble that like wahala for who tries to pull apart those who are married hey because that's a general slang now for who no gets husband or wahala for who no get wife or partner <laughs> i'm saying wahala for who tries to pull apart in any way whether through words whether through action try to pull apart what god has joined together and so generally we experience transitions in life and relationship the marriage transition um, is a major one going from being a single to be being married is a major one. Let's not make light of it. Let's not, um, <laughs> you know, let's not say, oh, it's just another thing, you know, I was married and then I got single and I got married. No, big deal. There's a big shift that has happened because now you're living with someone. You're now, you, you said, I'm going to love you, submit to you. I'm going to be there for you. You made the vows. You said, we are in covenant now. And I'm going to be there for you in sickness and in health. Yeah. That means through thick and thin, we made those commitments. But when you were single, um, you didn't have to make those commitments, right? So it really is a big deal. Our lives are altered um, totally 
and I will say for the good, for the better, but uh, many times that's not the situation. So let's talk about it practically, the process of living, of cleaning. I mean, why are there issues? Why are, was there sometimes pain, sometimes trauma? Um, and some have had it so smoothly. I mean, so smoothly is like, ah, uh -uh, nothing much, you know. But for most, um, the time of adjusting to one another too can bring discomfort sometimes um, because you're learning new things about the person. You're getting to know whether this person is really neat or not. <laughs> you know, you're a neatness freak and then you get married and like, oops, oh my God, she is not. Or he's like, oh, he has his shoes all over the place. And sometimes those things irritate us. Those little things about one another irritate us. But I think I'm here for, to say that, um, again, looking back, as someone who's been married for some years, you look back and you say, did those things really matter? You know, some of us don't, um, um, how do I put it, overlook, find it got to overlook certain things. Some of us will fuss about things more than others different temperaments, different personalities, different love languages, right? But one thing is that if we are Christians, if we're in Christ, if we are, we have the Holy Spirit in us, and you might be here, you're not in Christ, you know, but at least you're married or you want to know about married, welcome. So at least I'm not just talking to Christians, but I know most of my followers are Christians, you know, we should have, you know, an edge. We should be able to do better because we have the word of God, um, telling us guiding us how to go about it right and even in ephesians 5 we might be able to come to it um if there's time um which already tells us or gives us our job description um how to do how to relate to one another so friends um let's let's you know let's let's just go on let's go on okay <laughs> Wow, someone got married three weeks ago. Wow. Welcome. You are here at the right. I know you must have had a lot of, you know, counseling, coaching and all that before you got married. But I'm so grateful for you for even being on this at this time. So has it been three weeks so far? Rosy, rosy, right? Or you said seen some, <laughs> you know, see, it, it may not always be perfect. Let's be really honest. But the adventure is in the growing together. It's in the learning. It's in the, yes, you fight to make up, right? You disagree to agree. You resolve conflicts like mature people that are growing. Because marriage too is not for children, right? So resolving conflicts, though, Jesus didn't promise or we're not promised that you won't have conflicts or you won't have misunderstanding or that you would always... You'd always see eye to eye, you know, if we're truthful because we're different. Uh, women, women are different from men. And even apart from that, just even the difference <laughs> in your personality, in a whole lot of things, in your upbringing, you know, even in your spiritual background, a whole lot of things, a whole lot of things, there are differences, but those differences should not really cause fights, right? Okay, even down to those who are really spiritual. One again, Christians, and oh, you got married, you met in the same church, you had the same pastor, you had the same kind of, you know, exposed to the same bent of, how do I put the word, or teachings. You could still have differences down to one person likes to pray first before reading their Bible. Or another person says, no, we should read our Bibles first before praying. And right there, they could just have 
a disagreement that will lead to something else. But should things like that cause major issues that will lead to separation and divorce? Should things like that, pressing the toothpaste in the middle or at the from the bottom or from the middle, as long as the toothpaste comes out, right? Should it really lead to a fight? Okay, at the end of the day, let each person get their own toothpaste, right? Yeah, let person get their own tube of toothpaste. You don't have to share the same tube of toothpaste. If it irritates you that your spouse presses the toothpaste from the middle and you prefer pressing it from the bottom, the truth is that at the end of the day, all the toothpaste is still going to come out, whether you press from the middle or from the bottom, right? So again, when we look at it, some things are not really worth fighting over. Okay, I've seen a question already and I'll come to that. Some things are not really worth fighting over, right? Um, Hannah, I know you're there. If I don't get all the questions, I think you can just kind of get them out, send them to me, send them to my other phone, right? You know how we do it. So I don't miss out on the questions, you know, screenshot them for me, save them so I can come back to them. And even the ones that are not answered, um, maybe in a couple of days on my Instagram, I can, you know, just address them in, in form of posts. Um, so should things like that cause major risks that then lead to separation or first of all not talking for one week some people have um you know masters in keeping malice yeah not mentioning names because i don't know you i'm just speaking inspirationally mm -hmm. been there done that so i've been there <laughs> though i'm not good at keeping malice for you know i mean before uh, i'm like okay and I, I, I can't even, it's not very easy, but some of us are very, uh, hello, I can see you, Tara, Kanke. <laughs> I know you're an expert in this area. I can see you, Sister Lajon. So we're going to, so we're going to be very, very practical. So guys, what do you think? I've read the scripture, it says, leave and cleave. And I think one of the things that we need in our young marriages, and even for those who are older, from the onset, want to have the foundation let god be your foundation right let it be that god person let it be that pick this person yourself but you still prayed and you got it all clear from god to say okay yeah that's that's the right person out of all the women or out of even all the men that were coming for you you some were confused at some point in time like okay who do i even say yes to you know and all of that at the end of the day, whoever you say yes to, you are in a covenant relationship. You're in a relationship that requires commitment, full commitment. And Jesus was reminding us that God said, you know, from the beginning, what God had in mind was to cleave and to cleave. Some of us, we didn't fully leave. We left physically, but our minds are still with our parents. And so you can't take any decision. Your wife says, okay, let's do this. Your husband says, let's do this. In your mind, you want to check with your daddy. <laughs> you want to check with your mommy. You won't say that by your mind. Those things limit the cleaving. They limit the cleaving and could really lead to greater issues down the line. And then even when you're married, it doesn't mean you should not have friends again. Have friends, but it doesn't mean, when you see, for a young marriage, your friends are not your priority as you at the point at which you get married and the first few weeks, few months where you're married, yes, hang out with the girls, hang out with the boys, but check with your spouse. Say, okay, you know what? Next weekend or next Saturday for about four hours, I want to hang out with my friends. 
And he says, oh, that's fine. Go, go, you know, I'll go do something as well, you know, something like that. Or he says, look, I'm going to play or watch soccer with my, with my friends. And, you know, your husband says, and then don't talk over that. Give room. Read a book. Stay at home alone. Or fix a lunch day with your own friends as well. But I'm just saying that. Check in with the other person. You know, but it doesn't, I'm not saying that, oh, you know, you're 24-7, you're on the phone with your girlfriend, you're on the phone with your, like how you were when you were single, and then you got married and you're not even making any adjustment. Is there anything to eat in the house? Eh, 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 eh. And you're on the phone till midnight, with your, that's, you're not a married person, <laughs> you know. So, and I'm not saying it has to be the woman that has to cook. It might be the man that cooks, because again, that's another thing, roles, what roles, who cooks, who takes out the trash. At the end of the day, it's between you. There's no two marriages that are the same. If the man is a better cook and is happy to cook, let him cook. And that means that, girl, you will wash up the dishes at the end of the day. Divide the labor, share, do it in love. I'm talking about young marriages. The beauty of young marriages is that you should be able to do things together, bond together. You're both young. So one person, well, except if, okay, you're a young lady and you married a man 15 years older than you. Or you're a young man and you marry a woman 15 years older than you. I don't know if she's now acting like your mommy. Well, I don't know. You ought to have all solved that before you got married. You solved the age gap issue, right? So, um, the man shouldn't say, eh, am I your... <laughs> I am the man. So, I'm just saying that a lot of things should be resolved in courtship. The foundation should be on the word of God, you know, so that when the winds and the storms come, Luke 6, it says, they built the house on the word, on the foundation, on what the, hearing the word of God and doing and obeying. Forgiveness in marriage, forgiveness is major. See, eh? you'll be forgiving like this, forgiving, <laughs> giving and forgiving. Don't think forgiveness, oh, okay, I'll just forgive him once and that's it. I'll just forgive her once, okay. Last month I forgive her now. She, no, continual, 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 continual. Okay, um, so make up your mind to do that. Okay, someone says, how do you deal with your wife that won't stop going to her parents? I've not even read this question and I'd already talked about <laughs> your parents are in your head while you're, so let me finish with the question. That won't stop going to her parents' house even after marriage and still making plans to leave her second sewing machine there <laughs> just to go and visit. That is not very, um, I mean, for you as a man, because how do you with your wife? Yeah, that's not okay with you. So you have to sit down and talk to her about it. And she has to listen to you and be humble about it too. Um, for some other man, it may not be a big deal um, to say, you know, okay, I want to go to my parents at the house on the weekend, you know, and do some sewing. Maybe her mom knows how to sew and helps her with the sewing of the clothes, you know, whatever. But there has to be a reason that is okay with you as the husband, as the, as the other party. It has to be okay. <laughs> you know, I left the second sewing machine there. You have to talk this through. Because, girl, if this does not work well for your husband, get your second sewing machine out of your parents' house. Um, so you as the husband that asked this question, so you might think that she put the left the sewing machine there so that just an opportunity to visit them. You might be right and you might be wrong, right? Um, 
So if you're right, she will let you know because you have to have that frank touch. She might say, no, let the machine be there because mommy can, you know, she's good with sewing and stuff like that. But she might really open up. It might be difficult to say she misses them or there are still, you know, those kind of strings. And I know that is not comfortable for you as a man because you want to feel like you're the head of your home, not like this third party, especially if you're not trusting of what goes on in the whole day that she's there or in the whole hours that she spends there. So you, if you can't trust or your um, in your conversations, is daddy said this, mommy said this, then you realize that, okay, it's because she's still half living with them. So you've got to have that conversation with her. And I pray that she's able to really be humble and listen to you. And you also be open about how it's not, um, you're not comfortable with it. So of course you love her parents, but you feel like she's not living. You don't feel the cleaving and the bonding. So I pray you are able to talk through with that. And if you're not able to do it alone, both on your own, you might have to get a counselor or coach in to talk to you and get more help, okay? Um, all the questions, even as I share, um, you're single, but you know you can still learn here. Of course, of course, you're learning. Um, someone's <laughs> what should a couple do if the husband is very spiritual, but when it comes to finance, nothing at all. Huh. It's very spiritual, but when it comes to finance, there's nothing. At all. A lot of men find it difficult to leave. Sometimes the husband's family see the wife as coming in between them and their son, the husband's family. Huh. You see, it's two ways, because someone now here talked about his wife not leaving her family, wanting to go back each time. And now someone here is saying that, okay, man many times doesn't want to totally leave his family. And these are things that you have to keep talking about. You also have talked about it in courtship, dating before you got married. And in the early years of the marriage, when you see those patterns, you've got to talk about it. What do you do if your husband is very spiritual, but financially it brings nothing? This is the second question. He brings nothing home. Is it that he wasn't any anything before you got married? Well, after he got married, he loved his lost his job. Um, um, did he lose his job through no fault of his? If he lost his job, be patient with him. Um, even if it was at fault, give him another. I mean, we all make mistakes, you know. Um, this COVID thing and all that too has not been easy in terms of people retaining their jobs. So. Um, married people, spouses are to be patient, we're to be patient with each other um, for the time being that one person doesn't have a job, okay? Don't change the person, be patient, share, and help the person to find another job, help your spouse to find another job, or to strike out with business, or non-profit, or just something like, okay, let's even look at what talent you have, you know, you with the job. Help the other person that doesn't have a job and say, you know what, I found this tool online. Let's research personalities. Let's research, um, try and run this test that talks about your gifting. Maybe you really can do something with that talent that you call a hobby. Maybe you can make money from it. You know, there's online selling of all sorts going on now. You know, um, so encourage this, your very spiritual husband, um, who doesn't who lost his job or who doesn't have a job? Tell him, Mr. Yes, you're very spiritual, you're a prayer warrior, and we see you see, you've got to praise first and let him know how his prayers, how his spirituality, how he makes you read the scriptures, you know, um, 
is an advantage and is helping the family. How is able to pick things up, up ahead and deal with them, do warfare and spiritual and all that. First of all, praising for that. Don't say, is it prayer we need? Uh, okay, spiritual, spirit, spirit, what money has that brought in? No, that tone of conversation puts off. You see, that's another thing. Our tone of conversation, our communication has to be excellent. It can't be wishy-washy. You may want to say something that's very valuable, but the way you say it can be turn off for the other person and they don't even listen. They shut you out. And it's not fun being shut out because what you want to say is valid. So always remember the sandwich approach. Praise him or praise her for that good, good quality. So praise this man for his spirituality. Okay? Um, and then talk about the job area. Talk about, hey, you know what? Yeah, I need you to make money, bring in income, even for your own good sweetheart you know call him all the names that you know try and get it in in the nicest way possible so that his ego you know is still intact and all of that and even vice versa as well um okay quickly pray for you be celebrating your 10 year anniversary need your prayers lord in jesus name i thank you for this couple celebrating their 10th anniversary Lord, we pray in Jesus' name for your grace, for your wisdom, that they may continue to grow um, together and multiply in their strengths. In Jesus' name. Yeah. So, you pray for God to help you forgive. Yes, forgiveness is hard. Someone said, it took me two years to forgive. Glory. Ah, well, eventually, you did. Um... What do you do with marriage has made you to lose your identity? Hmm. You see, um, I'm trying to, I want to make sure that I don't lose our scriptures. The kids, fees, feeding, nothing. I'm overwhelmed, especially with this pandemic thing. I feel like packing out. Okay. Think very well. Don't pack, think very well. Don't pack out. Um, because, okay, the kids, fees, nothing, you're overwhelmed. And then there's a pandemic. So if you pack out to where? Is it back to your parents' home? So your parents can take care of you, so you can be under their roof and provide. Um, if your spouse agrees, uh, rather than pack into your parents' home, if your spouse agrees, your parents to support you, give you a financial gift, rather than pack out into their house. Because I don't know where you want to pack out to. To pack out to be on your own but then when you pack out to be on your own how then will you take care of the fees then you will then still be alone and still have because you said there's no school fees there's no feeding and so if you pack out what do you want to go and do when you pack out i don't know is it to have a sugar mommy or sugar daddy or is it i don't know try and make it work two are better than one you know because when you pack out you are now on your own and they'll still won't have fees so while you're together what um try and address why you can't find school fees and feeding try and address it yes with the pandemic no jobs but what can you sell what can you create with your hands creativity god is releasing i mean through the power of the holy spirit this season i know and even into 2020 21 i want to say to people create i won't say that's the theme of the year for me but i just feel like create create Okay, 
um, I pray for grace and I pray for a solution. Parting out may not be the solution. It might be sitting down to pull your strength together in an unconventional way. Now it's not jobs as usual, apply for a job you get. It is create from your inside, create something, create what you will sell or take things from people to help them sell and make a um, how do I put, make some profit in between. So someone's already selling stuff and say, hey, I want to help you sell, but you give me commission. How about that? Just be creative. Just be creative. There are a lot of people selling things already and they need more people to help them to sell and get the stuff out. Um, please, what do you do when your husband's fine? Sorry, I'm sorry, irritating. I'm sorry. Then don't say sorry. Act it. If you offend, rather than, there's some people don't like hearing, I'm sorry. They just want to see you, like, not do it again. <laughs> you know? So don't just say sorry, but make effort not to um, keep doing what made you um, to say sorry. Um, yeah, if that's the option. Find a way to sit with your spouse and talk things over. I like the contributions I'm, I'm getting here. Sit down and talk it over. I pray God helps us to make, um, yeah, stretch. We will stretch. You know, in this season, we have to stretch. We have to stretch. And we are, have the ability and we have the capacity um, to stretch if we are able to, you know, if we really, really um, engage God and say, Lord, help, help us, help us, help us. Okay, so the word of God, we have it there for us to tell us what to do, how to do, because it says two are better than one. Two are better than one because what? That's in Ecclesiastes um, um, 4, 9. For they have a good reward for their labor. They have a good reward for their labor. Two are better than one. Okay, another question says, a man that is not romantic after five years in marriage, what do I do? A man that is not romantic after five years in marriage. Ah, Father Lord. I know that looks tough. That's, um, that's a tough one because if you are a romantic person, um, <laughs> you know, and the man is not romantic after five years, what do you do? What have you done within the five years? What have you done within the five years? And, um, and it didn't work. What have you done? Oh gosh, not. Okay, what have you done in the five years? I don't know what. Um, okay, you might have to go see. Um, there's some coaches who are experts when it comes to this romance thing and all that. But I would just say this: it's a difference. It's. Most likely your husband has a personality type that is different from yours. If you look at the 16personalities.com, 16personalities.com, it would reveal to you your personality, your husband's personality because he will answer certain questions. The INTJ, for example, personalities or INFJ um, or INTP, um, not all introverts, are not romantic, no. Some are introverted and some men are introverted and they're romantic in their own quiet way. Um, my husband wasn't a romantic person when he 
just got married and for many years and these days he's trying <laughs> i had to be very you know patient and it depends on what you define as romance okay a man may feel look paying the bills is romantic to him he may feel like that is romantic because you can rest and paying the bills you don't have to go out there and hustle even though even if you do you know so a man can prove i said to me that is romantic but to you as a woman, you need to sit down and let your husband know what romance means to you, what you like, is it quality time, is it, you know, flowers, or is it a card from time to time, or a text, you know, send you a text in the middle of the day while you're at work um, on an average of maybe three times a week, even though it may not be every day, you know, and some men, they listen to and they pay attention, um, and they really want to make it work. Um, what what your husband or what such men should do, or the person who is not the romantic partner, should actually set an alarm. Type a text. Doesn't mean it should be the same text all the time, you know. But send an set an alarm. Maybe for every day at noon, or every day at three p.m., or every Friday at three p.m. Say I love you. And get flowers on the way home from work or order for us something like that people who are not very romantic and their spouse really need it they have to find ways around it okay they have to find ways around it if he has a personal assistant if they have to tell his personal assistant please remind me every friday afternoon i need to get something i need to get something i'm going to take home or you know but you will say to know what romance is you know is it surprise text messages in the middle of the day just saying i love you you know <laughs> <laughs> and um, so at the time I told my husband that, okay, when I see your text media, I know you want to run something by me, you want to pick my brain. Ah, ah, can't it just be like, and then they can see your text message like, sweetheart, babe, I just want to say I love you. Nothing, nothing more. Ah, that will make my day. I had to teach him, you know, after times of getting angry, they getting angry and the nagging doesn't do anything. So people who are not romantic, you have to teach them how to be romantic because it's not natural to them. It's not natural to their personality. It may not be natural to their upbringing. And it just may not be natural to their personality. And they were not, um, you didn't wire them. You didn't make them. You didn't create them. So you can't forcefully change them. But over time, um, especially when they see that it matters so much to you, okay, so it's such a big deal. So, some men or even some wives too who are not romantic and their husband wants a lot of romance um they fought they've you know and that's why we need to forgive and put behind the saying of ugly words okay you romance you want to eat steak you know all those things don't mean they don't they don't foster bonding those things are shaming you're shaming the other person for what they love for what matters to them you know even some couples, they are Christians, but one person has said to the other person, prayer, prayer every time, prayer. That's wrong. That's not right. It's not right. We have to come to a point where we accept each other. And um, the things each person brings, gently teach the other person, look, this is what I like. It would make a world of difference for me. I thank you for your being so responsible. You pay the children's fees on time. And I'm grateful for that. Remember what I said earlier on the sandwich. I praise him for the things he's doing that is not romantic, but uh, maybe the responsibility um, that he brings um, to the table. But it's only this romance area, right? That is really, it really, 
to other people they don't know why you're suffering so much but you are suffering so much from it because five years you know so you have to try another style by really talking to him not by nagging praising him for the good things he does but really letting him know it's come to a point that you know what it's a big deal for me and then he will know he has to go get help you know and maybe you can find him some coach he can talk to and they would you know because romance is not something that is just women what women like or want some men like romance as well and some are not into it but please be patient teach him carefully let him know and uh, you guys will be on the way to being more amazing than you are already um Alrighty, which question? I hope I didn't skip a question. Um, hey, somebody's from Brazil. I'm just seeing that. Okay. Um, I don't know whether I'm supposed to scroll up or down. Okay, let me go to the. Someone says, Can God show a woman? Okay. Let me look at that. Where's the question? Can God show a woman her husband without the man knowing that? Without the man knowing that what? Without the man knowing that she sees his future wife. Can God show a woman and husband without the man knowing that she's his future wife? Okay. Yeah, it is possible. It is possible. Um, so that's it. And that's all you're asking. But maybe if I can pick maybe what might be going through your head, if this is for you or a friend. Um, is that, yeah, be patient. You feel God has shown you this your future husband, but you think he doesn't know, or he's acting like he doesn't know, be patient. He'll come around to knowing, he'll come around to picking it. Because if God showed you, then he can show him too. See? And I think that if he showed you, then pray. You know, pray. If you're friends, continue to be friends. <laughs> you know, if you are strangers, then, I don't know, maybe try and be friends. Don't go and propose to him, you know, or try and get in his circle if you are not already in his, like the way that maybe you're in the same um, WhatsApp group or um, um, office, workplace, organization, or church, or whatever. If you're already in that space, then again, that's good. It's safe, you know. But don't go propose, but just pray about it and be on the lookout and be calm and cool, you know, because he's a faithful God. If he showed you, then you will also, you know, show him um i'm trying to look at what other questions we have here so someone said another question thank you for being awesome mentor oh thank you without knowing it you're my mentor hey love you thank you send me a dm sometime maybe after this meeting or make a comment leave a comment on the ig um when i post it up so i can recognize you um Medelicious. Oh, what's your name? Okay. So, yeah. So, there's another question I want to take that I'm seeing right now. Good. Okay, there are two. This is a contribution. I think understanding each other's love language leads to what they interpret as romance, e.g., words of affirmation. Yeah, thank you for that contribution. And that's important. Apart from running tests on each other, knowing what the personality is. But the love language, we have five words of affirmation. Quality time, gifts, acts of service, 
and physical touch. I did not mention them in order of importance. None is more important than the other. None carries more weight than the other. If you go to the um, lovelanguage.com, love, lovelanguage.com, or you know, just Google love language, love languages, carry out the test. Let your spouse also answer the questions and see what their top two love languages are and try to meet their love languages and let the other person, you know, for do for each other. I think that will go a long way to foster bonding and love in marriage. Um, because if you don't have the same love language, if you do, then that's great. I mean, you're, if both of you are gifts, you're giving gifts, ah, you're loving each other. No, you're trying to outgive each other, you know? But the issue there is when your love language is not his own and his is not yours, you know, then you have to learn it. You have to make effort. We're not saying change your personality and your being. But if you love this person enough, you try and speak their love language. It's just like a normal language. Again, we, we are here because we speak English. And you're on this live because you speak English. I speak English, right? So, again, if you want to be on this live and I don't speak French, I speak English, then go and learn English so you can understand what I'm saying. So, you see, it's... It's simple, yes, not as simple as that, but it is also simple, you know, in a way it's also simple. So guys, you know, it's, it's, that is so basic and it works, um, it does wonders, it does miracles. If we can just work with the five love languages um, alone, coupled with, you know, prayer, coupled with a lot of conversation, um, you know, like we had said earlier on, a lot of communication, um, um, because communication is key. It's the lifeblood of any, any relationship. It is. Thank you for being a blessing from Qatar. Ooh, from Qatar. Amazing. What time is it there right now? <laughs> it's probably almost like midnight. So back to this question that I wanted to lost identity in marriage. How do I deal with it? Yeah. How do I deal with lost identity in marriage? You know what? In marriage, you don't have to lose your identity, though I understand that sometimes um, a woman, especially, I know this is a lady that will ask this question, um, where there's a season where it looks like, okay, your life, everything's all about him, 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 and then you now stop for a moment and say, hey, I've lost myself, you know? Um, and for me, I can't even say, maybe that happened to me. You know, at some point in time in my marriage, because being married to a pastor as well, there were other things coming in where there were expectations of me. I didn't even know whether I was married to him or married to, this, or to the church. So my situation was peculiar. <laughs> you know, and there was a point I just feel like I have my own unique voice. I have my unique personality. I shouldn't let people compare me to my husband. I shouldn't let, you know, so I don't know how you lost your personality or your identity, sorry, or how, what this really means. But I would say to you, excuse me, I would say to you, find your identity in Christ. Go back to the foundation. Go back to the beginning. If you're a Christian, um, because you might not be, but I, so I don't want to assume you are. If you're a Christian, you know what? Go to the word of God. He tells you that he's the apple, you are the apple of his eyes. He tells you you are accepted in the beloved. He tells you that, you know, he loved you up from before the foundation of the world. Um, 
he tells you that um, you are light. You are a city set on a hill. You are the light of the world. Yeah. So read those scriptures that talk about that um, Christ himself, especially, um, was saying to believers. See what, which one resonates with you and you personalize it so that it's like you're hearing God in you. The one you're able to grab by faith and say, yes, I know this is talking about me. I know this is talking about me. Even Jesus, when he was on earth, he opened to the book of Isaiah one day. Isaiah 61, and he read and he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind the broken hearted. Nobody had known this was Jesus then. Nobody had known that this was a miracle worker special. He used, it was his turn to read in the synagogue, read the, that day. And when he read it, he now said, Well, today the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. That means he was trying to tell them that this scripture is about. I am the personification of the scripture. He personalized it and began to walk in it. So again, you are the one that will introduce yourself to people. But if you don't know yourself, nah, there's no introduction. People will call you all kinds of, not bad things, but they will label you what they think that you are. And, um, and maybe at this point in time, um, um, say your husband's name is Jen. And maybe at this point where all this is, it's Jen's wife, Jen's wife, Jen's wife. And there's nothing wrong in that, in being Jen's wife. But maybe you're beginning to feel like, ah, don't I have an identity beyond being his wife, you know? So just go back to God, go back to the word, find your identity first in Christ. You are important. You are to die for. That's why he went to the cross for you. He didn't go to the cross for your husband, but he went to cross for you. He didn't go to cross for your parents, he went to cross for you. So you've got to personalize that and be whole. You see, because marriage works best when it's two people who are whole, who know who they are coming to then be um, interdependent on one another. You see, um, that's when it's the sweetest. So some of us may not have found that identity fully before we got married. But then we got married, there were issues, but then, even in the marriage, we can realize that and go back to the basics and begin to grow and begin to understand and pray, find your calling, pray with your spouse and say, you know what? And sometimes just pray on your own to find your own calling, your own purpose. And that's a step after taking roots, you know, seeing that you have your identity rooted in Christ. Because if your identity is rooted in Christ, first of all, um, you would find it easier to handle the pressures of life that come, um, the storms of life that come, when people call you names, or even when you feel that you're in a season where your husband is not loving you, or you're feeling rejected by him, or for some reason, which is not okay, um, you'll be able to still stand, because your roots are already, you already know who you are in Christ. Hmm. For me, having my identity rooted in the love of it's done wonders for me not a joke at all for me to know not just oh I read it that Jesus died for everybody no it's a very personal thing for me very personal thing for me that I know he died for me you know so and then of course the next step is okay Lord what did you want what have you called me to do to sing to speak and of course I know part of my calling is to be a helper to summon to be a helper be a help meet for them. 
you know, um, whether anyone sees it or not, he looks. Yes, it's part of what I'm called to do, and I do it joyfully. But to also have a voice to be heard, you see. So find yours, and as you do, don't lose your identity. You can reclaim it back. As you do it, will do wonders, not just for your soul, but even for your marriage. Because your husband will have a thriving wife. You have a wife who is, who is happy from the inside out. It's like, ah, did you stumble on gold, or did you, you know, yeah. You stumbled on your true identity and your purpose in God. And that adds flavor to the marriage, to any community you are in, to your workplace. It's just different because you're not waiting on them to make you happy. You're not waiting on spouse. You're not waiting on co-worker to, um, to make you happy. So I've dealt with that question. I don't know. Okay, is there any other question? Let me look at the question page. I don't know what this is, so I'm not going to answer some questions. <laughs> I'm not going to answer some questions. What is this? So, yeah. So, I'm a female <laughs> wife to someone. So, what happens when... Okay. I notice my wife can be somehow selfish too. Okay, I think I've answered your question before, but then you're having another question here. She acts a certain way and makes excuses. And she can make excuses. Tell me some words I mean. <laughs> You've got to sit down and talk about this selfishness, what, how. You've got to let her know in a very loving way. You know, um, is this an indignity that you do? Rubs off on me on me. You can make it work. Okay, Tolu photo. And then when she plays, she plays the victim cards of me. You're like, oh my god, you guys need I think you need some deeper counseling, right? But I believe that it's not beyond those um yours is not special. Yours is not special, it's not beyond those teeth and problems and issues, trying to bond, trying to adjust, <laughs> you know, that many of us went through, I went through, and if God could help me in my marriage, heal my marriage, and help my marriage 27 years going on to the glory of God. My post is in God, it's not in me, but in just two people that are willing to learn and grow together and do away with self-centeredness. Yes, that's it. In marriage, you can't be selfish and self-centered, you know, like that way. Um, so what happens when, I want to read this question. What happens when a man is more loyal to his work and external family than his wife and family? And family. Ah. That is, um, that's such a huge one. Again, the what happens? What happens? And what happens is that that marriage will be stressed. That's the truth. You will be stressed. So you're saying what happens? So I should talk about what happens? Or are you trying to say, you're going through that or you're someone going through that and you don't know how to um, get him to see. What happens is that it will be difficult to cleave, it will be difficult to bond, um, work an external family than his wife and his, I guess you're trying to say the immediate family. Work is very important to men. Work is very, very important. Um, and to women as well. To women, it's not just a men thing. 
work now is important to to us all but for him you see work has its place because through work you serve and you earn money right and you have that sense of fulfillment like you're serving you're providing the service and you're getting money in exchange which in turn a man or a woman you're able to wait this is your case you said the man is more loyal to his work he's able to um take care of his wife in his own way uh, buy her this meanwhile you and the wife are saying look i just need you present sometimes just a little bit more present with us which means that your love language may not be gifts or buy you because for me i used to say something like look it's not things that i need I can hug the car, I can hug the chair, <laughs> you know, it's literally um, you that I need, you know, so I think we'll have to log out, we have to learn, I think we'll have to go, I'll save this and see if we can come back again. Okay, you know what, I think we still have a little bit more time, still have a little bit more time, but the time is run out, running out. Um, um so you have to work it might just be only to conclude a three weeks marriage okay your, your marriage is three weeks okay you guys you've been asking oh, don't worry just you will adjust you will adjust so but men need to on that question spend more time spend more time with your family don't be no, don't have this unhealthy allegiance to your external family your parents your sisters your your cousin you don't know it militates against cleaving when you don't leave you can't cleave you can't cleave because you're still trying to be with them and so cleaving to this new per this person who you are now one with will be difficult okay you're not disowning them but you've got to leave you've got to cleave you're now a new unit that unit gave birth to you so you create your unit and focus on your wife your husband your spouse focus on your children as well be there for them when you need to be there for them but don't be in that space and don't marry your work. Your work is important. Okay, that may be insensitive. Your work is important, but once you're married, let each one have its space. If you're going to spend more time in the office or this is a very stressful, busy week, we're working on a project, tell your spouse ahead, okay? Like in this case, tell your wife and say, we're going to be really busy all week. I'm not going to, I'm going to have so much time, but trust me, I'm going to make it up to you. That is being how to be sensitive. That is how to be sensitive. You know, for those of you who are pastors, ministers, don't marry the church. The church, the church is the bride of Christ. Hello, Christ will take care of his church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Who will help you build your wife? Who will help you build your husband? Who will help you build up this other person that you are one with? Who? So friends, I think I've got to go. I don't know if we can come back again or should we do a part two for next week? Maybe we should. Mm. Love you all. God bless you and bye. Father, we thank you, Lord, because your grace is really more than sufficient and we're all going to go and work on our marriages and enjoy the fruit we earn in Jesus' name.